Just our real estate episode number 235. I called a couple community banks and I told them, I was like, hey, I need a loan. I'm buying two duplexes. And they're like, oh, we don't make those type of loans. And then they just hung up. Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host. And today I have a great show for you lined up. Some good content, some things that you can take action on right away and really hopefully learn from and apply to your business immediately. But before I do, a couple of quick questions for you. Are you new to real estate? And I think you are. I think my listeners in general, a lot of them are new to real estate. They haven't done their first deal or at least they haven't done a lot of deals. So relatively new, kind of kind of feeling your way through and need some help. If that's the case, if that describes you, then I have a really, really important suggestion for you. You should write this down. Go to justourrealestate.com, my website. On the right-hand side, there is a little banner there, a little advertisement for a program called the Fail Fast Flipping Program. This program is designed for new and relatively new real estate investors who just have questions and they need answers and they don't know how to do all the different phases. They can't quote a rehab. They don't know where to find properties. They don't know where to get funding. They don't know what to do if they do get a property under contract. How do you manage a flip? How do you find tenants? How do you find houses to buy and hold? All of the questions that you have in real estate and all of the things that are holding you back from being everything you can be can be found and answered in this program. Guys, listen, I'm one of the guys who are helping run this program. I'm one of the people involved helping people like you get all of their questions answered. It's sort of a group forum. There's a mastermind component to it as well as a lot of video content for you to watch and absorb and learn. It's called the Fail Fast Flipping Program. It was started by my buddy over at House Flipping HQ, Justin Williams, and I'm telling you this program is the highest quality I have ever seen in all of my years in the business or I wouldn't be involved in it. I'll tell you that right now. So So if you go to my website on the right hand side, there's a little banner for the fail fast flipping program. I suggest you click it and go check that out. Now, if you're if you're in a little bit different situation, if you're an investor and you you know you have this kind of figured out and you really don't necessarily need help getting started, but you're not yet generating leads online. If you've done the direct mail, if you've done the MLS thing and 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 you've dealt with wholesalers to try to find properties, but you want another avenue, if you feel like you need another way to bring properties and bring leads to you every single day like I do, you should go also to my website, juststarrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, there's another little banner called the Lead Propeller banner. And if you click on Lead Propeller, that is a site that you'll go to that will explain to you a product that my friend Danny Johnson created over at Lead Propeller. And it is a custom built site. It's a site that's very customizable that you can create to generate leads for your business. I have done it. It's bringing in leads for me. I know that you'll love it. And when you go there to the Lead Propeller site, Type in the promo code just start and you'll get one month free. So you'll be able to set up your domain, pick a domain name, get your website all worked out so that it looks great in a very, very easy to follow format that Danny laid out for you about getting these sites set up. Set up your site. If you don't love it after a month, you don't have to pay anything. 
That's the beauty of it. But you have to put in the promo code just start. Go through my website and it's right there for you guys. So we have getting started. We have answering all of your real estate questions covered in the Fail Fast Flipping program. And then if you have all of that sort of going for you and you've already done a lot of a lot of deals, then you need a lead generating website, and that's what Lead Propeller is. So we got two great products there for you guys to help you in almost every phase of your business. So go check them out. Click click through my website to get the special uh, bonuses that you get as being a, a listener of this program. And I hope you do. If you do it and you love it, let me know. If you do it and, and you have any questions, also let me know. I'll be happy to help you. Okay, guys, let's dive into today's content. Thank you for joining me again on Just Start Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I have on a guest that I'm very excited to talk to. He has some knowledge of things that I really don't have knowledge of, and I have, I've got some very uh, uh, specific things I want to talk to him about. My guest today is Jimmy Moncrief. He is a bank underwriter and a real estate investor. He blogs at realestatefinancehq.com where he talks about all things real estate finance. Thank you for being on, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, Mike. No, this is great. I am really excited. I think like the perfect storm is someone who is a real estate investor and a bank underwriter. I would think if I'm listening to this, driving my car, or wherever people are listening to it, wow, this guy must have access to all the money in the world. He underwrites loans and he does investing. So can you underwrite your own loans, first of all? <laughs> no, uh, I'll... That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, easy loan approval process. <laughs> exactly. Nothing but green lights and, and easy fill-out forms. Okay, so all right, so let's let's backtrack just a little bit. I'd like to find out a little bit more about you, hear about your background and, and how did you get started in real estate, how did you become an underwriter, and how did you get to where you are now? Just a little bit of background where we got to where we are. Sure, I'll try to make this as brief as possible. Um, nah, take your time. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I won a stock market competition when I was 12. So that um, that gave me kind of like uh, an intrigue into analyzing businesses and things. So I had like this lifelong goal of being a stock analyst. After I graduated from college, I became uh, got my dream job as a stock analyst at a hedge fund. And um, during that time, my wife and I bought our first house, and then it was just easier, so much easier just to rent it out and move into another one. There wasn't any kind of really a thought process behind it. It was just like, well, this, we we saw a good deal across – it was literally across the street. And so we just kind of got into it like a lot of people, I think, by accident. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I'm still in stocks and at the hedge fund, and I'm a partner at this level. But real estate, we just had this rental property that was just – it wasn't um, – you know, there was work involved, you know, but it was just so nice having that residual income coming in. And it wasn't – we weren't getting rich off of it, but that kind of led me into the path of uh, real estate investing. So along that same time, I – during 08, I sold uh, my – interest in the hedge fund I, had, I was a partner in, and then I was laid off through two other hedge funds, and then we were having kids, so I was like, I really am over this, so I'm going to get into banking now, and that is what led me into being a underwriter. I 
a credit officer at a bank. So that's that's kind of the two or three minute version. Okay, that no, that's that's awesome. And actually, I, I want to ask you one. Uh, what was that again? At age twelve, a stock contest, a stock. Yeah, it was. Uh, I grew up in Memphis, and it was. I don't know how. It was several thousands of people, and uh, I won it. And it was it was great because like I wasn't good at at sports at all growing up. So like my parents really like like oh good he's good at something. Like so they really <laughs> like like really fostered that after I won that. And it was it was like so since I was twelve, I've been reading the Wall Street Journal every day. I've been reading uh you know up about Warren Buffett and you know things like that. So what was the contest exactly? Just briefly, we don't have to stay on this, but yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm 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 just I'm amazed by this. At age twelve, what exactly were you? Did you have to do for the contest? Okay, uh, yeah. So they give you a hundred thousand dollars of play money, and it's ten weeks long, and you have to just whoever has the most money at the end of the contest wins. So okay, I got you. Yeah, okay, I got you. And I really liked, uh, and this is just true with you know capitalism. I really liked how there's no biases with that. You know, it doesn't matter who your dad is or who your you know, brother is or who you know. It's just it, very analytical. You know, I'm a very analytical person. So yeah, it, whether or not you're good at sports, right? It just doesn't <laughs> matter. It, it doesn't care if you pick the right uh, stock. That's right. Okay, that's cool. No, I, I like that. That that's that's pretty. That's a cool story to win that at age 12, and that kind of sets you down the path of 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 being interested in money and making money. That's that's very cool. Yeah. So all right. You're you're an underwriter. Just briefly, what exactly does that mean? What does an underwriter do? Sure. So, what I take the uh, a lot of tax returns. Usually, it's tax returns, but and usually it's a business. It's several businesses and an individual tax return. So I take all of that data and then analyze your financial condition from a a cash flow perspective and see what your cash flow profile looks like on from a cash flow side to the debt service side. And then if you've requested a loan, what, you know, the dynamics of all that relationship. Okay. Yeah. And that, that I think most people know that, but I want to clear it up for anybody who may not know. So I, I had a guest on um, a few weeks back. His name was Doug Douglas Dell. And he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I'm kind of butchering his quote, but basically, real estate investors' jobs are to look for money, and that's that's basically what you're doing: the buying, the flipping, the rehab, and all that stuff. Not so hard, you know. A lot of people can do it, but finding ways to finance your deals is really how you spend a lot of your time as a real estate investor, and it really should be where you're spending a lot of your time because that'll be the one thing that normally will keep you from scaling your business. So. Learning how to finance, learning how to approach lending institutions and, and, and utilize that, you know, that area of finance is, is huge. And I think I'm sure that when people go in and try to get, um, money for a deal or for whatever, whatever it might be, that they're making very, uh, mistakes you're seeing over and over again. If you don't mind, what are some of the things that you see? What are some of the mistakes that investors make when they're trying to, um, you know, find money to finance uh, investments? Okay, great question. And I'll just go straight for the jugular. And okay, my, good. my big platform, Mike, is is this right here, okay? It's the vast majority of people, when you find a... Um, Let's say a house you want to flip or a duplex. It doesn't matter. Let's just stick with one example and let's just call it a duplex, a simple little duplex rental. You know, what do you do? You 
like 99% of people, they go find the deal and then they get a contract on it and then they just then they just start calling like random bankers, what's the best deal, blah blah blah. And then and then the bankers are like, "Okay, cool. Here's my rate. Send me your tax returns and PFS." And they're like, "Okay." And then they try to, you know, like you get approved or not approved, I don't know, like and um and then you just um like, I don't know, maybe you get the loan or maybe you don't. Like, it's just – here's my platform, Mike, is that that is the complete wrong way to do it. You need to do this completely backwards. And why I'm very passionate about real estate finance is I saw this – I mean, I've been in banking almost five years now, and I just – I see how professional investors borrow, so corporate borrowers and how they treat borrowing – and then it's the polar opposite from like the description I just gave you. Okay, right. so how professional like uh, I think a lot of investors that own some assisted living facilities and hotels, a lot of a lot of those that those type of loans that I make, and they keep me they they call me every month to let me know how they're doing. They give me quarterly financials. They the, – everything is always up to date with, with me as an underwriter, whether they need a loan or not, because here's – and this is a true – this is a this is a, a true story. This just happened. The loan just closed last week. Um, the um, So here's why, why you need to be proactive about your capital strategy is how I call it. So this investor, this healthcare investor that we bank – he had an opportunity to buy a healthcare facility that had an appraised value of forty million dollars, and he could buy it for seven million. But wow. he had to have he had to close within thirty days. And you know, people that loan out seven million dollars or five million, whatever, you know, they just don't act within thirty days. Well, you can act fast if everything is up to date, and that's exactly what happened. So if you know, people badmouth bankers, and a lot of it is very fair criticism. I'm I'm not going to defend the banking industry. A lot of it's very fair criticism, but at the same time, you know, be proactive about your capital strategy. You know, you're exactly right, Mike. When you were talking about the past interviewee talking about your job is to find money. I challenge people to listen to public – if you're a home builder, like right now, if you're a home builder and you build a couple spec houses, a couple custom houses, get on the internet and listen to publicly traded home builders and their conference calls. Over half the time is spent on their capital strategy, on their balance sheet, on their debt, on their equity, on you know, on that, on their cash flow profile. It's not – People aren't asking on their investors aren't asking about you know what kind of homes are you building these days or like that. I mean they that that takes up about a tenth of the call. The over fifty percent of the call, whether it's a publicly traded home builder, a publicly traded apartment complex, or like whatever kind of REIT facility, or even a publicly traded property management company, it's all about your capital strategy. So that that's my big platform with everybody is be proactive about this. You know, have 
you know, network, build relationships, be proactive because we lend money. I'm at a community bank now, and we lend money, and we're very fast, and people can get very big loans very fast, but it's it's how they've positioned themselves with us. Everything's up to date. They've made it very easy for us to deal with them. Okay, and that's really good advice. I mean, like you said, any you know, if you find someone who's successful in in what you would like to do, even if they're much, much, much bigger than you, the basics of how they handle themselves and how they run their business should still be applied on a smaller scale. And I think the the big takeaway, obviously, what you're saying here is, don't go look for a deal. Find it and then look for the money. Get the money lined up first, and then it'll be much easier. You're much more credible, and things happen faster, which in real estate, you know, speed matters, right? I mean, it's it's a lot of it is about how quickly you can react, and can you react quicker, quicker than uh, people that you're competing against. So, yeah, I think that's a huge, huge point. I think that's a great, uh, a great thing for especially new real estate investors, but even seasoned real estate investors, I guarantee you make that mistake uh, as well, but... When you're out there looking uh, for deals, uh, you need to pay attention to whether or not you have the money to fund that deal or know where you're going to get it or have some game plan, a strategy, like you said, a strategy for, for being able to fund a deal once you find it. Because, you know, you're right. It just makes no sense to go the other direction. So, okay, I go into the bank. I, I haven't found my deal yet, right? I'm walking in saying, this is what I would like to do. This is this is what I would like funding for. Um, this is what I'm about to do. What are the biggest factors that banks use to determine whether or not they will loan to an investor or loan investor uh, money? What do they use to determine? How how can you how can you best position yourself to 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 get that that money or that financing? Yeah, great question. If you don't mind, Mike, can I can I go back just a step into your question? Yes, you address may. Something? Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you said I uh, I don't have a deal yet. I'm just calling a bank and I'm going to tell them what I'm going to do. And I I would actually not do that. I would actually call. I want to give an action point to your listeners that they can implement uh, the same day they're listening to this. Awesome. Make a list of, uh, of five uh, – and I actually tell my readers ten, but um, but they do it over a week. But this takes literally one hour of time. Okay, so this is a great action point for your listeners. So make a list of uh, ten financial institutions, and here's what, you, here's what your listeners need to do. Make a list of two credit unions, two community banks, two – Regional banks, two like national banks, and then just two, uh, maybe like a hard money lender, a private lender, something like that. Okay, and then when you call that, you have this list of uh, ten names. What you want to do is you want to ask for the business banker, okay, the commercial loan officer. That's who you want to ask because. Uh, it's funny, even though I'm in in banking and I uh, like I still uh, like I still obviously make mistakes and I'll uh, I'll I had to get a loan uh, like a year ago and I just called you know I was doing the same exercise I called a couple community banks and I told them I was like hey I need a loan I'm buying two duplexes and they're like 
oh, we don't make those type of loans, and then they just hung up. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I know good and well this this bank makes those type of loans. I was just talking to the wrong person. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I called back, and I didn't tell them anything. I was just like, hey, I just need to talk to your business banker or your commercial loan officer. And then I got him on the phone or asked those or her, and she was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, you know, here's your rate. This is, <laughs> you know, it's totally <laughs> – so it, it's funny, like, even, I mean, I definitely, I myself have to practice what I preach, and uh, it's, you have to, um, so going back to my action points, so you've made a list of these 10 institutions, then ask, again, ask for the business banker, or they're called a commercial loan officer, okay, then if you're, um, and even if, uh Diving into some details here, for it's going to be really hard to pull this off with like a Bank of America. I used to work at a big Fortune 500 bank, and it's just really hard to do this. Don't tell them you need to ask for the real estate department unless your soul, unless your income is completely related to real estate, uh, because they don't want to deal with you if you like if you have a uh, a W-2 income and, you know, you just do real estate on the side. Like they don't want to deal with you. You're not big enough. So just ask for the business banker, small business lender. Okay. Okay. So then you're there. Then you tell them this is where I, I would approach this differently than what you suggested, Mike. I would just say, hey, I'm Jimmy Moncrief. What I wanted just to have – I don't have a deal right now, but I just wanted to talk to you and ask you – what are you look? What type of deals are you looking for right now? And like, I wouldn't tell them my business plan. Of you know, I would just let them tell me their like what kind of loans they're looking for and what type of loans they're staying away from. Okay. Um, okay. And I'll, so it's just a. Uh, I would let them steer the conversation, and so that way you you haven't burnt any bridges. You haven't told them too much you know you just you're just you're interviewing them they're not interviewing you so it's a it's a control thing and you know you're interviewing them and they're se- they're selling you on their services you're not- now let me ask you this I- i'm sorry to interrupt you but sure. i'm just curious so uh, you go in there you don't you don't tell them too much do you even tell them that you're inquiring for the purposes of real estate or not even that just say what types of loans are you looking for what kind of business are you looking for i'm uh 99 of banks are gonna uh, like real estate being involved so i i would uh definitely tell them that maybe like i i make my income from this and i'm uh i'm involved with real estate as well maybe something general like that but I really like to approach any kind of lender and just and just before they know anything about me, be like, ask them what type of loans are you looking for right now? Really, what 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 does that look like? What kind of rate? What kind of term? What how fast is your closing time? And I want to, I want them to be selling me on their services. Yeah, that's great. I'm actually feverishly writing down notes. This is great. Um, yeah, and I think that that's very important. When I set up the scenario, I, I was doing it just from a guessing standpoint. Yeah. I guess I should have not even went quite so far with it because I really didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. All of my real estate um, that I've done to this point have been done using my money or private investors. I've never approached a bank. 
um, to fund a real estate transaction. Or yeah, I mean, I, I bought my house, obviously, I mean, my my personal home. But um, to do real estate investing, I've never approached a bank. So I am completely new and green at this, which is great because I think probably a lot of the listeners are are new and green at this as well. So that is is fantastic. You go in, like you said, ask for the business banker, commercial loan officer. And just ask them what types of loans they're looking for. That's that's fantastic. And that so then they'll start talking and telling you what they're looking for. And then okay, so when you do, what's the next step, right? They say okay, this is what we're looking for. They give you an explanation. You ask them questions about how quickly can you close and what are the rates and and all the questions are answered. How do you end it? How do you leave it? Well, I would um. I would leave it as if you, if you assuming that you like you know their um the conversation you know you think you're going to get along well it's going to be mutually beneficial relationship they're going to ask for um you know tax returns and you know like PFS and all that and that's fine like that's just you know standard underwriting stuff and um I've actually got a system that uh I would another action point for your listeners is I would have all this organized beforehand and organized uh, specifically in Evernote or Dropbox or it just maybe in a zip file and that way but this a key point here Mike is you want at minimum two banks looking at your deals right okay. so like so that way you don't get caught I'm a in email hell. Like I hate email and I really hate it when you know you get that oh we lost this document blah 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 and just big believer in trying to just stay as organized as possible. So I would organize again proactively your um personal financial statement tax returns and there's some other documents that I sell and give away free on my site that can help you organize more too and um so that um so going back to your question though if you like where this is going i would uh you know i would send them my financials and have a letter and how how i recommend to get a loan is like when you send them the information so they have have all your information ready uh and and with a form letter that addresses some of the points you had in that conversation okay that's great now there's something out there that uh, for some people it's kind of like you know the unicorn or, or whatever. It's they're called portfolio loans. What what the heck is a portfolio loan? How are they different? What is it? Can we just can you define for me first what a portfolio loan is? Sure. So uh, it's it's going to be a tough definition because it <laughs> my definition is probably different than other people. I mean you know you're not going to get a single uh, right or wrong answer about okay. this. My definition, and I've made portfolio loans. I made one two weeks ago. And um, basically, it's a, uh, an investor has a portfolio of properties, and they need a single loan against that portfolio. Um, it, you know, you call it like a unicorn <laughs> on the several real estate forums. I've seen, you know, they call it like the Holy Grail. And I'm just, I kind of like, <laughs> Like, just stare at it and all, like, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, it's really not hard. The The one critical factor is you have to present it in the right way. So the investor that uh, got the portfolio loan two weeks ago, he presented it in the in the right way. And um, and that's a that's a key uh, 
you know, it's a it's in your presentation and it's in knowing, uh, again, in that interview process that we just talked about, that's definitely a part of the process of getting a portfolio loan. Okay, so is a portfolio loan something that you get proactively, like we talked about earlier, or is it something you get after the fact once you have a portfolio? Actually, uh, I've done both. So uh, if you want to – so it could be most beneficial to your listeners. If you want to walk through a specific example, uh, we can do that, or I can just tell you an example, uh, a couple examples of how people have used portfolio loans. What do you prefer? Let's try that. Let's try – give me a couple of examples of how people have used a portfolio loan. Let's start there. Okay, great. Because, by the way, Jimmy, I, we're going to give um, – in the show notes, we're obviously uh, going to give out your website address and all your information um, so people can for sure go there, read more about it, contact you directly. Um, I know you have some some products that you offer, and, and they can for sure take advantage of that. So th- they'll have a chance to deep dive. I have a feeling it's a topic that you can't – cover in 30 minutes I, I mean it might take a little longer than that yeah. so let's try let's try the 10,000 foot view of how people have utilized these in the past and then we'll give people a way that they can dive deeper into it with you and your website and, and the things that you have to offer okay. how's that sound yeah uh, oh yeah great okay so two um i'm in the middle of one portfolio loan i'll just i'll talk about that one right now of underwriting it so this lady she owns um Three, she owns uh, she owns several houses outright. Okay, so and she um well she owns a couple outright and then she has leverage on a couple more. So um, but the, at the end of the day for me she has about a hundred thousand dollars of uh excess of excess lendable equity we call it. Okay. Okay. So. She has all this in a spreadsheet and, you know, all, all of her home values or cash flow, blah, blah, blah. So she wants to – she comes to me and she's like, Jimmy, um, I'm, I really want to buy these two houses, but I have no – these two houses, they're great. I, uh, and I know the location she's talking about. That it is a great location. It's up and coming, blah, blah, blah. But she has – here's the problem, Mike. She has no cash. To, uh, to buy these houses, to put it for a down payment on these houses, and she doesn't have the cash to renovate them, and they both require significant renovations, okay? And these are um, uh, like $40,000 houses, uh, to the, both of them, and they both require about you know $5,000 worth of renovations. So we're basically talking about she needs $90,000, and at $90,000, that would be a 100% loan, which is, of course, no bank. FDIC regulated bank, you know, they don't do 100% financing, correct? Right. Okay. Yep. So she's going to get a portfolio loan. And how, why this makes sense is because she can get a single loan on her entire real estate portfolio. And what that's going to do is free up, she's going to walk away from closing with a $90,000 check. That she's going to in turn uh, invest in these two um, buy these two houses with. Okay, so for me as a banker, it's it's great because I have um, a larger loan amount. It's a uh, typically priced a little higher than normal, and but what's great is I have uh, 
you know, I'm fine on an 80% LTV. You know, it matched where I needed to be from a cash flow perspective as well as an equ- a collateral perspective. So right. that um, so just in general, uh, and this is for a uh, very key for portfolio loan, but this is true for every um. Every type of loan, okay, this is like underwriting 101, what you learn, you know, first day of underwriting school. Uh, and I really want your listeners, I know um, if you're listening to this at work, um, then uh, write this down. And if you don't, um, and if you're just listening to this in your, in your car, your commute, just try to remember the five C's of credit, okay? So there's five C's of credit. They're character, capacity, capital collateral and conditions and uh when i talked about that letter that you need to like cover letter when you send in all your bank information to your banker or even applying to and talking with your banker portfolio loan it needs that cover letter and the conversation needs to address those all five of those c's okay because that is when you're talking to your loan officer they what you have to understand is they are not the ones that make the yes or no decision. Like yes, you have to sell them, but equally, if not more importantly, is they have to sell your loan to a seat to a credit officer or to an underwriter. Okay? So right. you have to make it easy for that loan officer to say, you know, because your loan officer, yes, he's incentivized to make loans, but he has hundreds of relationships. So it, it's just it's most beneficial for everybody to make this as easy as possible. So in your cover letter, highlight those five C's on and how you know you are going to make this a good loan for him, and it the success rate is very high for you getting your loan approved. Okay, and and I love the five C's. I think that that's great. I have a couple questions. Yep. Intellectually, I know what each one of those words, the definition is. However, how does character come into play? How do you how do you show the character? I mean, how do you do that? Yeah, the um. I mean, obviously, don't go in there like in like an idiot, probably dress poorly and talking, you know, in a way that would indicate you're not too bright. But uh, what specifically? Um. You know, it's a small world, and especially if you're a real estate investor, like bankers hang out with bankers, just like real estate investors hang out with real estate investors, and everybody knows everybody. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of deals that uh, got killed because they uh, were arrogant and or they um, – they had a, a a mistress on the side, or they had a. Uh, kidding. I mean, they had a. Uh, you know, just a lot of issues that, like, a drug habit. You know, obviously, and even though, wow. you know, like, with the drug habit one, like, you know, making tons of money, collateral loss. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be loaning money to somebody with a cocaine problem. Like that just doesn't end well for anybody. You know, so um. So those are like the big – I mean those are some obvious red flags, and you're right. A lot of it's common sense, but I really challenge uh, your listeners to just uh, – when you're in this relationship building with your bankers or whoever you get loans from or capital from, to just – you know, the old saying of just never burn bridges really, really pays off. It just doesn't 
ever help you to um to be arrogant. Okay, and that's that's great information, obviously. Um, so, do all banks offer portfolio loans, or is this something that's unique to you know, like you said, community banks or credit unions? Does everybody have some sort of a portfolio loan that they offer? Yeah. Um, to answer your question, uh, the short answer would be no. Not all banks do it, and um, the subset of that answer is yes, most. It's a it's a very community bank oriented product. Um, so that's where I learned how to underwrite them, and because um, it's a lot more work, and big banks just don't want to deal with it because it's it's just more work, and they just don't they just don't want to deal with it. It's really not in their bucket, you know. And if it's not in their specific bucket, they, they don't want any part of it. So yeah. Okay. So you're looking for more of the the local or community type banks that that if you're going to look for that type of a loan, that's might might be where you want to start. Correct. Okay. So how many port, how many uh, properties can a person have in a portfolio loan? And I and I suspect that that question it's like a, it depends kind of an answer maybe. But what is the is there a number or, or a range of of number of properties that you can own in a portfolio loan? Yeah. Uh, okay. So to answer that directly. No, there isn't a max or a minimum. Um, and I also want to clarify for your listeners that I I'm a com- I'm a commercial credit officer. So a lot of questions um, I've done an AMA on Reddit and a lot of Q and As on some other forums. You know, asked the underwriter, and a lot of people have like Fannie Mae questions or what. I don't know anything about Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, government okay. guaranteed mortgages. Like I literally. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. I don't, you know, so uh, I know that they do have regulations. I don't even, I don't know what they are. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. 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 That's fair enough. That, that, and I appreciate that you say that instead of, you know, throwing out information that you're not really 100% sure of. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. I think we've given everyone like just tons of information. I mean, I, I know I've been writing like a madman and trying to keep up because this is just really good stuff and I really don't want to miss anything. And, uh, I'm going to, you know, obviously go back and listen again because you've, you've given us so, inf- so much information that, um, yeah, I, I think people, if they're driving, they need to re-listen to this episode when they get home and they can really like write down some things. So a lot of great information. Um, your perspective on real estate is, um, is just awesome because you have, you know, you look at it from a, a, a way that a lot of real estate investors either don't have the knowledge to look at it or they've never taken the time, whatever the reason is. But the financial part of it is huge. And I think a lot of times when you, like you said, you go into forums and people are talking about financing deals, they're talking about partnerships, they're talking about private investors, um, whatever, pulling equity out of their own home. But it's in my experience a lot of these conversations are not directed toward like lending institutions like like you work for because i think a lot of times people are frankly afraid or they feel like oh it's a lot of work and I, you know there's a lot of mystery involved and you know you just it never happens but i don't think that's the case i think you've demonstrated that it really can happen but i think what might be going on is they're going about it wrong and they're not organized and they don't have the information and whatever, all these things that you talked about, you know, you're demystifying it a little bit. I think that that's important to know that private money is great. You know, if you want to pull equity out of your house, if you have a friend with a lot of money, whatever, but at some point 
you know, a lending institution is, is, is maybe the right way to go for you. And, and if your job as a real estate investor is to always be looking for money, if that's really, truly how your time is best spent, you can't ignore a huge segment of of ways to finance deals. And I, and I think that that's great um, that people are, are seeing that. And I will be the first to admit I'm guilty of that. Like I said, I've been investing for years. I've never um, borrowed money from a bank to do a, a, a real estate transaction. So even, you know, even I have a, a blind spot in my um, in, in my financing of deals that, that I really need to, to address because there's there's opportunities there for for me to scale my business even more if I take advantage of those things. That's great. So, um, could I could I address one of those things you just mentioned? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I know we're wrapping it up here. The um no, that's exactly what I preach is the process. Because if I could, uh, I'll tell you a little bit of my story on why I really got passionate about real estate finance is my first multifamily property. Uh, at the time, my business partner and I had over – this is before I became a banker, okay? So this is when I okay. went to the hedge fund. Um, my business partner and I were buying our first multifamily property. We were buying a, a triplex for $80,000. It was going to kick off about $20,000 in rent. You know, we were buying it from a wholesaler for eighty. You know, it was just a sweetheart deal, you know, yeah. any way you looked at it. My business partner and I – had over a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Like we could have done all this in cash, but we just didn't want to. You know, we just wanted to save our cash. So we had over a hundred thousand dollars in cash between us. We made over well over a hundred thousand dollars between both of us. Okay. And Mike, we couldn't get a loan. Like we were calling these banks and 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 we were approaching the lending process like ninety nine percent of other real estate. We were just calling banks and they were just like no, we don't. We don't do that. And hang up. We're like, <laughs> right. what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, and we. Oh, right. And also, like, we just had like personal more. Like, we had no debt. Like, we were just like, what? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, so that's yeah, why exactly. we really got passionate about real estate finance. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know what that's that's a really good point. You know, on paper or at least you know logically, you guys are the perfect people to loan money to. Great income great cash on hand and the deal that you were trying to finance was a great deal right you're hitting you're hitting everything but like you said you're you're approaching it wrong and i think really if the one thing that i'm really taking away is that if you if you do things properly that this is a really really great way to finance a deal potentially and i think that that's yeah i'm sorry go ahead no no that's that's yeah that's that's exactly it that's that's awesome. It, I mean, like I said, just so I mean, for me personally, I mean, we we could, you know, turn off the mics and the recorder and everything and I could just have a conversation and I'm getting tons out of this. So I, I am sure that people listening are getting tons out of this. And I just want to make sure that everyone knows if you go to the go to my website at juststartrealestate.com forward slash Jimmy Moncrief. That's Jimmy J-I-M-M-Y. Last name M O N C R I E F. I will have show notes on everything we talked about, all the points that Jimmy made, uh, his website, which I highly encourage everyone go to and check out. I spent a lot of time there myself recently. Uh, the website is realestatefinancehq.com. Fantastic resource. He offers tons of great information for free. You should go through and read his posts. They're, they're just 
really interesting, and I think you'll get a lot out of them. And uh, you should go there and check it out for sure. So, once again, I really appreciate you coming on. I think this information is critical. Um, the only way, you know, first of all, the only way you can be in real estate is to be able to finance deals, right? However you do it, you're not a real estate investor until you buy a deal, and you can't buy a deal until you have financing lined up. So this is basically the cornerstone of real estate investing, and it, it's certainly an aspect of financing deals that is um, sometimes intimidating for people. So I, I think the information you gave us today helps us approach it a little bit more intelligently and uh, like I said, I encourage people to get in contact with you, go to your website, learn more, and utilize this, you know, what I think is a lot of times an underutilized strategy for financing real estate. Jimmy, I, I really appreciate you being on. Um, I, I, I just think it's great. I can't say enough about it. So I hope people do take advantage of your website and uh, take advantage of your knowledge. Thanks for having me on, Mike. I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you uh, more in the future. I'm sure I'm going to have uh, questions, and I'm going to be on your site and, and learning as well. So once again, thanks a lot, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Until tomorrow, if investing in real estate is your dream, if becoming a real estate investor is really what you want to do, there's only one thing you can do to make that dream a reality. Just start.